Section 2 of the Roswell Report, Case Closed, by James McAndrew. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Aaron Bennett. The Roswell Report, Case Closed, by James McAndrew. High-Altitude Balloon Dummy Drops. Section 1.2 high-altitude balloon dummy drops. From 1953 to 1959, anthropomorphic dummies were used by the U.S. Air Force Aeromedical Laboratory as part of the high-altitude aircraft escape projects High Dive and Excelsior. The object of these studies was to devise a method to return a pilot or astronaut to Earth by parachute if forced to escape at extreme altitudes. Anthropomorphic dummies were transported to altitudes up to 98,000 feet by high-altitude balloons. The dummies were then released for a period of freefall while body movements and escape equipment performance were recorded by a variety of instruments. Forty-three high-altitude balloon flights carrying 67 anthropomorphic dummies were launched and recovered throughout New Mexico between June 1954 and February 1959. Due to prevailing wind conditions, operational factors, and ruggedness of the terrain, the majority of dummies impacted outside the confines of military reservations in eastern New Mexico, near Roswell, and in areas surrounding the Tularosa Valley in south-central New Mexico. Additionally, 30 dummies were dropped by aircraft over White Sands Proving Ground, New Mexico, in 1953. In 1959, 150 dummies were dropped by aircraft over Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio, possibly accounting for alleged alien sightings at that location. A number of these launch and recovery locations were in the areas where the crash saucer and space aliens were allegedly observed. Following the series of dummy tests, a human subject, test pilot Captain Joseph W. Kittinger, Jr., now a retired colonel, made three parachute jumps from high-altitude balloons. Since freefall tests from these unprecedented altitudes were extremely hazardous, they could not be accomplished by a human until a rigorous testing program using anthropomorphic dummies was completed. A cover-up? Countering claims of a cover-up, Air Force projects that used anthropomorphic dummies and human subjects were unclassified and widely publicized in numerous newspaper and magazine stories, books, and television reports. These included a book written by test pilot Kittinger, The Long Lonely Leap, another book, Man High, by Man High Project Scientist Lt. Col. David G. Simons, M.C., a feature article in National Geographic, and cover stories in Life, Colliers, Popular Mechanics, and Time. A characterization of Kittinger's record parachute jump even appeared in the adolescent magazine Mad. The intense public interest in High Dive, Excelsior, and other aeromedical projects conducted at Holloman Air Force Base also resulted in a 1956 20th Century Fox full-length motion picture on the threshold of space. Dummy Drop Procedures For the majority of the tests, dummies were flown to altitudes between 30,000 and 98,000 feet attached to a specially designed rack suspended below a high-altitude balloon. On several flights, the dummies were mounted in the door of an experimental high-altitude balloon gondola. 
Upon reaching the desired altitude, the dummies were released and free fell for several minutes before deployment of the main parachute. The dummies used for the balloon drops were outfitted with standard equipment of an Air Force Air Crew member. This equipment consisted of a one-piece flight suit, olive drab, gray, witnesses had described seeing aliens in gray one-piece suits, or fuchsia in color, boots, and a parachute pack. The dummies were also fitted with an instrumentation kit that contained accelerometers, pressure transducers, an oscillograph, and a camera to record movements of the dummy during freefall. Recoveries of the test dummies were accomplished by personnel from the Holloman Air Force Base Balloon Branch. Typically, 8 to 12 civilian and military recovery personnel arrived at the site of an anthropomorphic dummy landing as soon as possible following impact. The recovery crews operated a variety of aircraft and vehicles. These included a wrecker, a 6x6, a weapons carrier, and L-20 observation and C-47 transport aircraft, the exact vehicles and aircraft described by the witnesses as having been present at the crash saucer locations. On one occasion, just southwest of Roswell, a high-dive project officer, First Lieutenant Raymond A. Madsen, even conducted a search for dummies on horseback. To expedite the recoveries, crews were prepositioned with their vehicles along the paved highway in the area where impact was expected. On a typical flight, the dummies were separated from the balloon by radio command and descended by parachute. Prompt recovery of the dummies and their suspension racks, which usually did not land in the same location resulting in extensive ground and air searches, was essential for researchers to evaluate information collected by the instrumentation and cameras. To assist the recovery personnel, a variety of methods were used to enhance the visibility of the dummies. Smoke grenades, pigment powder, and brightly colored parachute canopies. Also, recovery notices promising a $25 reward were taped to an exposed portion of a dummy. Local newspapers and radio stations were contacted when equipment was lost. Despite these efforts, the dummies were not always recovered immediately. One was not found for nearly three years, and several were not recovered at all. When they were found, the dummies and instrumentation were often damaged from impact. Damage to the dummies included loss of heads, arms, legs, and fingers. This detail, dummies with missing fingers, appears to satisfy another element of the research profile, aliens with only four fingers. What may have contributed to a misunderstanding if the dummies were viewed by persons unfamiliar with their intended use were the methods used by Holloman Air Force Base personnel to transport them. The dummies were sometimes transported to and from off-range locations in wooden shipping containers, similar to caskets, to prevent damage to fragile instruments mounted in and on the dummy. Also, canvas military stretchers and hospital gurneys were used a procedure recommended by a dummy manufacturer, to move the dummies in the laboratory or retrieve dummies in the field after a test. The first 10 dummy drops also utilized black or silver insulation bags, similar to body bags, in which the dummies were placed for flight to guard against equipment failure at low ambient temperatures of the upper atmosphere. On one occasion northwest of Roswell, a local woman unfamiliar with the test activities arrived at a dummy landing site prior to the arrival of the recovery personnel. The woman saw what appeared to be a human embedded headfirst in a snowbank and became hysterical. The woman screamed, he's dead, he's dead. 
It now appeared that anthropomorphic dummies dropped by high-altitude balloons satisfied the requirements of the research profile. However, the review of high-altitude balloon operations revealed what appeared to be explanations for some other sightings of odd objects in the deserts and skies of New Mexico. End of Section 2 Recording by Aaron Bennett